When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, podcast explorers. Welcome to Pit Chat, the podcast where we gather round toss in some hot topics and let the flames of conversation burn bright. I'm Michelle. And I'm Wayne. And together we're your hosts on this journey through the sizzling landscape of current events, sprinkled with a dash of mystery, a pinch of the unexplained, and a whole lot of fun. That's right, Michelle. We're not just here to talk about the everyday stuff. We're diving deep into the realms of the unknown, exploring UFO sightings, unraveling paranormal mysteries, and maybe even roasting a marshmallow or two along the way. So whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join us as we stoke the flames of curiosity and bring you the hottest takes on the coolest conspiracies. It's like sitting around a fire pit with your friends, but with a bit of extraterrestrial excitement. Each episode, we'll be serving up a blend of the latest headlines, intriguing stories, and a touch of the supernatural, from politics to pop culture, and from ghost to government secrets. We've got it all covered. And hey, if you've ever looked up at the night sky and wondered what's out there, or if you've ever felt a chill down your spine in a supposedly haunted place, you're in the right spot. So, grab a seat cozy up by the fire and let's spark some conversation this is pit chat where the ordinary meets the extraordinary get ready for a wild ride down the rabbit hole on an escalator okay everybody how's it going out there welcome to pit chat with myself wayne and my lovely wife michelle hey everyone so hopefully everybody's doing fine this evening. So just real quick, want to acknowledge some people I see in chat. We got Straw Dog One. We have Hides and Grass. Jason Finch, welcome. Good seeing you. We also have uh, Rick Davis has joined us as well. So welcome, everybody. Glad you are here. Tonight we've got an amazing guest. We're going to have a great conversation tonight. And we were just on his show the other night. Yes, we were. So you can find that link and everything in the show notes. Once we get done, we'll put the link in the show description. So if you guys want to see that conversation, you can head on over to BMR's page, his channel, or Bigfoot Michigan Rob. And speaking of that, let's go ahead and just bring him right on. There he is. Hey, hello. How's it going? Good, man. Good to see you. We finally... We're able to get you on, and we are so excited to have you on tonight, man. Thank and you. he's rocking the lion's gear tonight. Yeah, yes. I even got a lion. Yeah, this is lions. 
I'm all Lions gear until it all comes to an end. You know, every yeah. all good things come to an end. And then so, what? The Detroit Tigers stuff comes out because that's usually uh, my case. <laughs> well, yes, you know. At least I'm glad I'm not a Pistons fan. At least, oh. not not right now. <laughs> no, man, the bad boys era. Now, yes, I'm in the bad boy era. I love. Now, don't get me wrong. Yeah, the that was a great time, wasn't it? Back in the bad yes. boys era. I'm a sports fan in general, but I must say that I'm fair weather when it comes to the Pistons, and maybe for the last. And even for the Red Wings to an extent after they went bad. But the Detroit Lions, I've, I've even watched every, the 0-16 season I suffered through. The Lions are really my team. I haven't missed a game as far as watching on TV or listening on the radio ever since I can remember. So they are. I am a diehard when it comes to the Lions. And then I would say the Tigers. And then, of course, Wings and Pistons. I go as they go, you know? See, and there was a time I didn't miss a Pistons game. Yeah, you know, I, oh, I know. Yeah, in school, I remember doing my homework. We had a breakfast snook, and I would sit at the table and watch the Pistons game on this little 13-inch TV, yeah. doing my homework and screaming at the TV at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm right there with you. In fact, I probably watched, especially, well, right when we drafted Isaiah Thomas, because I started watching the Pistons with my brother when we had really, we weren't very good. I liked sports as growing up. My dad brought us up on sports. And so, yeah, then I said, wow, this basketball is cool. So I did watch as many Pistons games as I could. And then I that evolved into the Red Wings. So we watched all four. Then as I got older, I had to really didn't have time for all this when life goes on. So it was the Lions and Tigers ended up being my two mainstays. See, and I was the only girl out of five kids. So I had to find my niche. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And of course. I I was more the football guy. I didn't really care for basketball too much. I was more into the football and the uh, uh, our our awesome running back of Barry Sanders. You know, yeah. those, those yeah. few years that he was here with uh, oh, Herman yeah. Moore. Mm. And, oh my God, what an awesome team! Just yeah. horrible leadership. Isn't that funny? I think it goes down to leadership if you talk about sports real quick because. We hadn't had it for decades. I mean, ever since I was a kid. I mean, I hate to say this. Wayne Fonts, at least, had some sort of leadership. And he was he was joked at and laughed at. As, but I tell you what, he put out more winning seasons than not, right? And yeah. I'm excited about the team. And we got a great GM. I mean, we've got a deadly running back duo. I mean, he draft. I mean, the guy is, is hit on every draft, you know. And... And this goes to show you how much I like the Lions. We're not even talking about our Michigan, our Wolverines. Oh, I yeah. mean, we're playing oh. for the national championship. So that's, I still put the, and I went to U of M. <laughs> I still have a Lions fan. I mean, and then Michigan, of course, will always be in my heart, but I kind of expect them to win. So it's not like the Lions, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Being a pompous oh. Michigan, Michigan U, U of M grad, you know, we're going to win. You know, that's the way we roll. <laughs> Yeah, well, I didn't go to U of M. I went to Eastern, right up the road from U of well, M. Yeah, there so you go. pretty much, it's all I mean, the same. It's all the same, you know. But all right, so Bigfoot, yeah. Michigan, Rob, yes. Bigfoot. Yeah. All right, you gotta tell us what is up with the name. How'd that all get started, man? Uh, and and I know you've told this story just like when yeah. we were on your show just a few yeah. nights ago. Yeah, I know. 
but your story I, is fascinating, man. And, and just the fact that it happened here in Michigan and, uh, and then what it's become is, yes. is an amazing story leading all the way to a book now, as a matter of fact. Yeah. So, all right. So I, Ron, yes, thanks. I will. Thanks. And I do like telling the story. I, there was a point where I'm like, I'm done telling the story until many people said, no, 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 no. I've heard your story 20 times and I can listen to it the 21st time. And it got me to thinking as people would tell me that people need to hear this because really the reason I even started the channel is because people much like me, I walked alone for a long time after this encounter, I had nowhere to go. So that's really how my channel you know, Bigfoot Mission Rob channel uh, became about, right, a couple years back. And no, my mom and dad did not name me Bigfoot <laughs> Michigan Rob. <laughs> uh, they, they did, the part of it, they did Robert. The part of the name is, you know, Robert. Yeah, that's, that's my real name. But but so, yeah, so that's how that really formulated because I did a, a dumb video, you guys. It's not even, I, I pulled it down. I, I wanted to after talking to several people, they said it'd be great therapy if you just told your story. Now, I did not have a channel. And I said, well, how do you make a YouTube video? I didn't even use YouTube for anything but to listen to music. That's all I did. That's all I used YouTube for. Uh, can you tell, how long ago was this when you were, when you were dealing with all of this in your head? And, and well, this, my encounter, like well, my encounter was June 15th of 2018. Okay. Yeah. So really briefly, so I, I did a brief video, told my encounter, as, which was suggested to me. And so I did. So, well, I saw a Bigfoot. At least I think it was a Bigfoot. I'm Rob. I live in Michigan. So Bigfoot Mission Rob was made just to get out the video. And and then when I started my channel, I was going to change the name, but it kind of stuck. And today I'm glad I didn't change it. So anyways, that's kind of how the channel name started. But yes, yeah, so it was back June 15th of 2018. So uh, I'm dating this girl, Cindy. I had been dating her for a few years. And um, and one day I had said, hey, Cindy, you know, uh, I'm more of an outdoors type person. Cindy really was not. But I'm like, so I just surprised her because I wanted to get her involved at least in, in some aspect of outdoors. So I let her know, hey, listen, we're going to Cadillac, Michigan. We rented us a little cabin, a small fishing skiff or boat, and we're just going to go explore, get down the water. There's a lot of other things to do as well. I made sure of that. She was like, reluctantly, really fishing? I go, yeah, you know, it's no big deal, a couple hours. She agrees. Then I told her about the other things we could do, a lot of restaurants, shops, boutiques, because Cadillac is really kind of pretty and pretty cool, you know, a lot of things to do. So we get up to Cadillac. Now, Cadillac, Michigan, for those that are unfamiliar, it is surrounded by the Manistee National Forest. So the, an abundance, probably one of the bigger forests we do have in our state. If I never, I'd never looked that up, but I'm guessing it's quite, I think might be top three, top two at least. So we're out there. We get to Lake Cadillac. I got to the, the, the cabin area. And um, so we get up and uh, the next morning, we got there at night, I believe. So the next morning we get up. We get on the water on Lake Cadillac, Ron. Okay. As we're getting out and about Cadillac, Lake Cadillac, it's in Wexford County. It's surrounded by, 
again, the Massey National Forest. But out on the lake, Cadillac itself, very built up, beautiful homes surrounding the shorelines, a lot of small businesses, maybe little industries here and again. So it's pretty busy. The lake itself it's, is busy. That day, fishing out on the lake, not as busy. It was the middle of the week. It wasn't a holiday or anything. It was just one of those June, whatever June 15th was back then. And uh, so we're out and about. So about an hour goes by, and I'll be honest with you guys. We didn't get any bites, uh, not a nibble. Beautiful environment to be on, don't get me wrong, but I can tell Cindy's already done with this fishing. So I'm like, okay, let's pull in our gear, and we'll just take this little boat motor around the lake and go do some exploring. So we, she sits down. We're both, you know, traversing about the lake, checking out the houses, the businesses. Then we get this to this canal, and uh, we pass through this canal. Um, now, this canal leads to another lake, which is connected called Lake Mitchell. Now, Lake Mitchell is very big as well. It's a big lake. Um, it's odd, oddly enough, it might be the same size as Lake Cadillac. It doesn't look like it if you go on Google Maps, but I did some looking into it. There's almost as much water in this part than as there is Gallinage versus Cadillac. Just everybody knows Cadillac is Lake Cadillac. But anyway, Lake Mitchell, very, very big. And um, a little more less populated, uh, more dense surroundings with the forest because it does directly, the backdrop is the forest. There are homes, but not as many. They're more spread out and um, not uh, nearly the activity. So we're, yeah, there we go. Yeah, so there you have Cadillac Lake, yeah. and then just across the way there, you got Lake yeah. Mitchell. Yeah, as you can see, it's pretty big, pretty nice size. Yep. So, yeah, it, so thanks. So, and you see all that green is all the forest. So, anyways, th thanks for that. So, yep. so we, we, we travel south, uh, probably southwest. We're we're getting down down to the bottom of of Mitchell Lake Mitchell because we're still kind of looking around and in, in in awe. And then I just said, well, here's an, here's a spot where we're going to kind of stop, start drifting, and I'm going to put our tackle together and start doing some fishing. So we're about ninety feet out from shore, and and I, I'm a, I'm attending the ta the tackle and the bait. And Cindy's kind of standing up, looking into the shoreline, and uh, and I'm not paying any attention. I'm down, uh, putting our lures on and our bait and such. And then Cindy says, "Hey, Rob, uh, I think someone's throwing rocks at the boat." And I'm like, "What, really, rocks?" And I look up to shoreline. I don't see anybody there. And I said, "No, it's probably some fish jumping around. I wouldn't really worry about it. I mean, I don't see anybody." She's, "Yeah, okay." So I go tend to the business I was at hand. Less than 30 seconds later, Rob, a little more emphatic. Somebody's throwing rocks at the boat. I look at her. I look. I said, look, there's nobody there. I said, look, in fact, uh, the, the, the wood line drops directly into Cadillac. I mean, it's just boom. Is there areas for somebody where perhaps you could stand around? Yes, but it's, it's very, very narrow. Okay. Nobody's out there. I said, listen, let me put the bait and tackle together, and then I'll join you, and we'll we both stand, and we'll just we'll observe the shoreline. She's like, fine. So right after I said that, within a few seconds, I happen to look up, 
And there's something, an object falling out of the sky. I'm like, well, what the hell is this? And sure enough, everybody, it, it was a rock. It, it, it fell like a three and a half, four feet in front of us, about the size of a baseball. And boom. So I'm now going to turn to my right to Cindy and apologize. Yeah, I think you're right. But as I'm looking at her, now, again, this is the middle of June. Now, Cindy already was off to a head start with her sun tanning because she was a, she worships the sun, right? Head to toe, suntan. Well, when I looked at her head to toe, you guys, she was like, all the color was drained from her body. She was almost like, not like ghostly white, but very pale, right? Not the color she had. And she, and I could tell she's a fix that's something on shore. And I go, what the heck is she looking at? And I looked at the shoreline. And they're standing at the shoreline. And we're 90 feet out. It's standing there. About nine foot tall, covering her reddish brown long hair, is this this being, this creature. Okay? It looked like a human. It kind of looked like a human. And I'm close enough where I could look and see the face of this thing. It looked like a person with, with like, Down syndrome or a person that was had a deformity. The face was kind of old it had offset offset eyes one side of the face was kind of drooping a little bit grayish wrinkled skin almost like he had been in like in a knife fight i mean the, the, the face was kind of marred up and cut up it, it, it was just i got a good visual and again this beautiful flowing coat of reddish brown hair though i tell you i never seen anything like this and his arms are sitting at its side we're staring at this thing. Then all of a sudden, the arms, they kind of, they lift from the side, and they now are, are parallel to the lake, almost like air, a set of airplane wings, right? It's all parallel. And and these and these arms are extremely long, and, and draping down under, on the other side of the arms is, again, flowing long reddish-brown hair. Kind of remind me like wings, right? Actual wings of like a gigantic bird or something. And so that face that I, I communicated as being like a Down syndrome looking human, an odd looking human, all of a sudden it metamorphosizes, takes on a metamorphosis. It, the jawline kind of drops pretty low, like it gets detached almost, exposes a set of four teeth, Two incisors on the bottom, very closely put together, and two more canine up top. And that the grayish, older-looking face, it gets real tight. It, it gets tight. The offside, the offset eyes, they roll, turn black, because what happens is it kind of leans back, and, and, it's, and it's getting ready to yell or roar, or do something. So it tightens up and metamorphoses into what I described today, looking like a demon. And all of a sudden, unison, out of its, its, from the depths of its lungs, from its inner being, right, it roars, yells, and screams out directly at myself and Cindy at the boat. And I can feel this energy hit us. I can feel it. It's kind of hard to explain, but we've all seen videos where a, a bomb is detonated in the ocean and you see that shock wave that just kind of, of course, I didn't yeah. see that, but that's what it reminded me of because I got hit with that and I took a stumble back a little bit and, and Cindy 
being no more than of a five foot one, 110, 119 pounds at the time, flips off of the boat. I'm kind of, I'm frantic, and this thing is barreling this monstrous yell, right? And I can't, I can't process this. In fact, I know I have to turn to my right and get Cindy into the boat, but now all of a sudden it seems like the time kind of stood still for a moment. This day was a beautiful day. It was not overcast. It was a blue sky, beautiful greens of the trees, the forest, the water was blue. This, this, And again, I, I mentioned the beautiful red and brown coloring of this creature. All of a sudden, I, I'm seeing like looking through a filter where the color was almost, I don't want to say black and white, but it was very grainy. My eye, my vision's grainy, and it's, it's not true color. And to make matters worse, I now am paralyzed, and I cannot move at all to my right to get Cindy into the boat. So I'm like shaking. So I'm shaking my head. I, I break free of the the trance or whatever spell I'm under or infrasound. People say whatever I had happened to me. I broke free of it, went to the right, got Cindy, get her into the boat. I quickly whirl around to my left to, to find this thing. And, and this is where I'm very I'm scared. Scary as that part was, you guys. This is where I'm most scared. Now I can't see it. So I don't know what it is. Is it swimming after us? Where is this thing? So I'm like, hey, let's get the heck out of here. Got the fired up the, uh, the little uh, skiff boat, if you will. And boom. And I tailed it across Mitchell through that canal to Cadillac to the area where I had launched the boat from. Launch, you know, park the boat or dock the boat, if you will, and get a get a towel or some wrap around Cindy or whatever. And I immediately look for some place where we can go sit down. I sure as heck did not want to sit in that little boat. Wanted to stretch our legs, get comfortable. So I find um about a half block up there's a bar slash restaurant. Get up, walk in. Not too many people in there. I look to the right. Maybe there might have been a couple, a group of people off to the right. Then I look to the left, and there's like nobody there. So there's a, in, in fact, in the far left back corner of this place, of this bar restaurant, I, I sit down. Cindy and I are across from each other, not saying a word. Bar, uh, the barmaid comes up to us, asks us what we're having. Cindy, ever since I've been dating, you're not known her to drink a drop. Never seen her drink anything. Orders a bottle of Bud Light and a shot of Jack Daniels. <laughs> wow. The barmaid turns to me and I said, I'll have the same, but make mine a double. So Cindy, again, still looking kind of at each other. We're looking at each other, not drifting off. We're we're dead. Eyes are on each other. But I think she is waiting for that drink. Barmaid comes. It was again, it wasn't busy within under two minutes. She was ready, had it served up and Cindy takes a shot of Jack, throws it back like she'd been drinking for 20 years, gunned half that bottle of, Jack, of uh, Bud Light, and I, I, you know, I do the same. And finally, you know, you get that burn in your chest, your lungs are all expanded, and Cindy says, honey, what do you think that was? And I says back, now I got to tell everybody this, throughout our dating life, we never spoke about Bigfoot. If, if a Bigfoot show was on TV, would we watch it? Yes. Just like 
you know, paranormal or ghost shows, you know, never, we would watch these shows if they came on, but that was, we never discussed it. You know, it was, do, I never asked her, do you believe in Bigfoot? So it was just like, and she just says, I think, I think maybe it was that Bigfoot creature. I'm like, I think, and I, yeah. And then I go, yeah, I think maybe it was right. And then she says, well, should we tell, call somebody, the authorities, you know, sheriff, DNR, things like that. And I'm like, nah, you know, we don't live around here. Now we're in a bar. I mean, frankly, what we saw was unbelievable. And first of all, you got to remember, I'm still trying to process everything that's just happened. I still don't know what in the heck I saw because I'm thinking Bigfoot and I'm thinking demon because I've that transformation, that metamorphosis was just out of this world, right? Literally. So, so we're like, yeah, okay, you know, let's let's keep it to ourselves. But you know, um, that kind of ended the trip, and you know, we spent maybe another couple hours. We might have went in town for a little bit, but you know, we we boogied out of there, and we so we came home. And then we now immerse ourselves in the study of Bigfoot, or at least we're trying to look up. Images of Bigfoot, demons, devils, the transformation. I'm finding all sorts of things that just didn't jive with me. You know, something was closed, some things, and then I didn't know who to trust. Then I found there were certain shows on YouTube, and I don't know if I believe these people. I mean, you know, there's so much going through your head. And so going online. So we're continuing on with this, and then... Exactly two months, so August 15th, so Cindy and I never lived together. We were, you know, she lived with her mom, and dad, or mom, excuse me, and I get a call, you know, it's August 15th, 2018, like two months from the day, and I get a call from her mom saying that Cindy passed away. I'm like, my Cindy? Yeah, she's, she, she's gone. What the hell are you talking about? And mom didn't like me anyway, because I owned a bar, so I was the devil incarnate anyways. So w- what do you mean? She goes, yeah, she had a heart attack. I said, heart attack? Girl don't drink or smoke. <laughs> Good health, you know, 40 years old, you know, whatever. So that was that. She told me that, and uh, and I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm like, thinking in my the first thing that pops in my head is that's bs you know and and i and again her and her me and her mother she did not like me i couldn't get any more information out of her whatsoever could get an autopsy report later because i'm not family i'm not the husband this and that locked out of that part of life wasn't even allowed at her funeral i was a bad guy which was very you talk about odd people you guys meet these people in fact you don't want to meet these people okay the mother and the family right so anyway but now i get i want to go back to cadillac and i just want to take uh, my some buddies that i know from the army and just blow this place up and i want to kill this thing i'm thinking that there was something that took place when we got hit with that blast maybe her little insides got messed up her is her liver heart got moved around. I don't know. I don't have answers. I don't have no, uh, uh, I don't know how she died. I get in a dark place, man. At this time, I own, I own a bar at this time. And I go to my manager and luckily I was with him since I started up the business for, um, at this point, I think I had eight, nine, ten years. I said, look, dude, you're not going to believe this. 
I, I'm in a bad spot right now. You're not, I'm, I'm not, you're the keys. Don't rip me off. Take the money, deposit it every night in a bank. When I get back to work, I get back to work. Don't ask me anything right now. This is, I, I'm just, I'm just keeping it to myself. Okay, Rob, whatever. Yeah. So six months, I didn't return to work. Six months, I walked kind of trying to figure all this out. And when I tell people I walked alone, I walked alone for six months. I really got some deep, creepy avenue. And I'm not saying dark and creepy. I wasn't going out using drugs or becoming a bad man. I was creepy, consumed with what am I dealing with? Demons, devils, Bigfoot, not what? Aliens. I don't know. That and thing I tell you, root. you know, yes. And, and I cannot... And, and, and half the people I'm trying to get a hold of on the internet, and I found YouTube. I, I didn't trust these people, and nobody really. There weren't too many people that helped me at all that I found that I could at least trust. So I was lost and alone. Okay, and that's really how I, why I started the channel where I wrote the book. By the way, later on in life, this is a foreshadowing what happened, how I started everything, right? But. I finally found some people I could trust. And, of course, I ran into my buddy Tex, right? Tex, who uh, I started following him. He was on some other channel before he started his own. And I thought this guy was pretty genuine and knew his stuff. I befriended him and a few others. And now they're kind of talking me off the ledge a little bit. Even Kerry Arnold. I don't know if you remember Kerry Arnold from Bigfoot Odyssey. He, great guy. Look him up. He's, he passed. He's, he's dead. He's no longer with us. He got in a, in a car wreck two years ago. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he helped me with a lot of things. Young guy in his 40s. I mean, just boom, gone. Um, but in Texas and a couple others, like Duke Duke Sullivan uh, helped me out quite a bit. So I finally got people that knew what they were talking about that said, to Rob, you aren't going crazy. And so that's kind of, uh, that was my story that kicked off what I do today, and I will tell you guys, um, I've always been interested in monsters as a little kid. Aliens, the paranormal, ghosts, Bigfoot. I was into, I saw Leonard Nimoy, saw the Patterson Gimlin. I've always had the interest, but not to the interest that I take it today, and that's because of what happened. So the channel formulated, the book came out, because I take encounter stories from people and mostly it's from people that don't they want to be anonymous, right? And they, they're people that walked alone like I did, right? Because my heart, I feel for a lot. I got, I empathize with a lot of these people. Because I got to tell you guys, there was part of my life where I just didn't care anymore. Mm-hmm. And especially being let out from the mom because of the Cindy, right? That right. really drives, that to this day is still my biggest mystery. I'd like to know what the hell happened there for, for a fact. If that was really what happened, the heart attack, then I can be at rest with that. But I still don't know that what happened that June 15th had any overlying factors, right? So that forever is going to haunt me. I'm through yeah. with the Bigfoot stuff. I I mean, I know Bigfoot exists. And even today, I don't even necessarily call that a Bigfoot. I mean, I've never, I've never seen anything like that. In this, until you come across something. It's hard to process, right? It's so hard to process. Something that you see that can definitely kill you. <laughs> Had I been on land, I really would have been in fear for my life, you know, because they're just so big and powerful looking. Uh, I even had this, Bill Irwin made some renditions for me of this thing, and I tell you, it's, 
frightening. Yeah, man, that is some, that is some powerful stuff. And, you know, it, it's weird how these communities kind of cross over. And one of the things that we talked about was on your show just on Tuesday was, do you think that some of this stuff is related? Well, what I find interesting is, is that the path that Michelle and I have taken from our 2018 UFO sighting was pretty much the same. We weren't so much in that dark place, but we were more like more curious. I guess we didn't feel like the threat, even though I had that message in my head. Yep. I, I it wasn't, it wasn't like right in our faces of a screaming entity of something that then transformed or metamorphized into something else. Um, but it, it, what, what I think the commonality is, is trying to find peace or reconcile with these things that as far as we know, like have, like we do not deal with this stuff on a daily basis. We know in the backs of our mind, when we see something on TV, it's science fiction related, we can suspend disbelief to watch TV, right? right and, and watch a movie and think, okay, this is sci-fi, even scary movies. We jump and stuff, even though we know it's fake. Yeah. But there's something then that happens when it really does appear in front of you like that. And the psychological toll, it is, it, it's pretty intense. And so we kind of came to the same conclusion of, putting our story out there it's cathartic for us to put out our story and and just get it off of us and just be like okay did anybody else see anything and then the story after story after story and people being in very dark places with ufos being abducted uh the stuff that we've heard that we can't even talk about you know it, it's just and some people we've had on here and it's I think that's one of the commonality things. Here we are as humans and we are being subjected to this this other thing that makes no sense to us. I mean that that's a huge psychological trauma. That's a like an attack. Oh, you know, I tell you what, it it was. I I almost was in my making myself worse than what I even was. Now, let me tell you something. It was pretty bad. You know, I mean, let me put it to this. Had I had, had that identical encounter, but Cindy, you know, is still alive today, it wouldn't have been as traumatic, right? Because I, for the longest time, thought this thing had something to do with it. So for me, the connection between Bigfoot or whatever it was is death or I don't want to use the word evil. That's kind of, that's really getting dark because I don't know. I'm, I'm not suggesting. I always explain that I saw a demon, but that's what I explained it in 2018. Do I believe today what I saw was a demon? No, I do not. Okay. But this will remind me of way back when. And since I've been doing this kind of for five years now, and I spoke with so many people that have had similar encounters, and every encounter is similar yet different right but the thing for me what i was told early on 
And I'll tell you guys, I was so messed up that I went and saw an actual professional person for about 90 days. And I said, well, this isn't for me. But gave me some information that I today I can even use in everyday life, which is kind sure. of cool, you know. Uh, so, but for me, putting it on paper, making the video a long time ago, talking about really, once I got past that, being judged, oh, this guy, he's so full of BS. He's this, he's that. Because as human beings, we don't want to be labeled that, right? So once I got past that initial trepidation, then when I went forward, boy, it, it felt like the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders because people were listening. And it really helped when I found people that listened and understood versus someone that listens and then turns the other way and, you know, kind of says, okay, wow, ghost, that guy's, you know, cuckoo, right? <laughs> Yep. And we're all afraid of that. No one wants, we don't want to be perceived, especially when you have these stories. I mean, even th with your story, you guys, people that don't believe in UFOs think, well, okay, whatever. Wayne and Michelle didn't see anything. They saw a jumbo jet, uh, you know, which you did. I know exactly what you saw. Or the one I always love is the TR3B man made, you know, this, that, or the other. And I, I just, there's no way. There, there's yeah. no way. I think that whole TR3B is a whole cover story, honestly. Put out a cover story to, to cover up the fact that there are these huge triangular craft out there. I was going to say, there's your government cover-up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, now, with, with what you went through, just like yeah. what we went through, we were shocked to discover that people were not having these made for tv encounters with these things these people kind of like us had been scarred or impacted kind of like what you're talking about with the bigfoot creature if the, let's just call it that we're yeah we, yeah, we know, might, might as well yeah um or a cryptid okay yeah, so cryptid. whatever this thing was um have you run into this with other people as well that that had that that hit been knocked to the ground by the yell the the psychological the the trauma based you know uh, reality hitting them and it not being you know a pleasant little Patterson video of yeah. The female Bigfoot walking away and everybody being happy about, you know, oh, so. I will tell you this. Yeah, I can answer that. Before I even get into that part, I will say this. Since I debuted, I put out that video sometime. Now, again, I've told this story probably a thousand times on other people's shows, and I've, and I've talked it certainly on my show quite a bit. I will tell you that just the other day, I just did a show because I have the rendition show. I have to send, show you guys the picture that... Uh, I got put together, and it's 95%. I it looks like what I saw, by the way. I don't know if you can show it out here or not, but um, I I feel, feel pretty good about the fact that I've gotten inundated with emails or comments on certain videos where people say, Rob, we know what you're saying to be true because there are there, people have had certain cryptid encounters on Lake Mitchell and Lake Cadillac, howls from the forest, they know something's out there. So in a strange way, I feel good that people are opening up and saying, hey, Rob, you saw something, which I know I did. They don't have to tell me that. But right. for other people to have 
similar experiences and some haven't even seen it, right? But they know there's something lurking where they live. So, which is, I like to hear those stories. Now, I know this lady, Cindy Goodbreak. Um, she's been on my show once or twice. She lives in Idaho and she's a, she has horses. And where she lives, there are Bigfoot and, and dogmen, right? And she's been on my show twice. She's been on a lot of other bigger shows a handful of times. She was hit with what we all call the infrasound or hit with something. She knew that she didn't see an actual Bigfoot in the area, but she's seen big shadows in the distance as they're on the trail on horse. Then they heard the big, large whoop. Unlike what I heard was not a whoop, everybody. It was just some crazy craziness. Big loud whoop, and then she got she felt nauseous. Her head spun. She she literally fell off her horse, and she was also with a, a friend who heard the same sound, but they didn't get sick. And every time she goes out on, and and she seems to think that they kind of followed her back to her property because many times when she's out on her property, she will hear the whoops, and she'll also hear, hear howls. And she'll get the same feeling of no, the nauseous feeling when she thinks they're near. And I was, you know, people were suggesting maybe I was hit with infrasound. And I kind of looked that up. And as you guys probably know, infrasound is something that an elephant can give off a tiger that kind of stuns their prey, gives them the advantage. But not that I'm suggesting these cryptids, that's what they're doing. But I think that. She's one person, and there's several other people that claimed he'd been hit with infrasound, and some people lost consciousness for a little bit, kind of the same symptoms as me, but where there's others that said they have, but that they've got no, they felt nothing. So I do think that's not, I don't think that's a myth. I think infrasound is something. Don't know that mine was really even infrasound, you guys, because I'm still trying to piece together what in the heck was mine an actual Bigfoot or what, you know? But I think it exists, and yes, to answer your question, <laughs> I think people have experienced a lot of the similar symptoms that I felt, or not even a symptom, my actual experience. Not going as far as saying the black and white, but they've said uh, frozen, immobile for a little bit, yes. So, but not hit with that force, like that shockwave, right? I've never come across that. Rob, with the cryptid that you saw and the stories that you've probably heard and looked into about Dogman, how would you compare the two to the cryptid that you saw and any stories that you've heard about Dogman? Well, I got to tell you, okay, what I saw looked hum look like a human being. And the onset looked like a like again a human. It looked like somebody. If I had a rifle, you guys, yeah, I would yeah. not have shot because I felt I committed murder. It looked like a person, but a very an odd a person you might see in the movies, right? In a, in a scary movie. But when it metamorphosed into what I always say a demon, that's something I had no problem shooting. So that's right. how big the difference was. Um, with the dog man renditions, a dog man. So mine, I will say this, just from my personal experience, mine looked nothing like a dogman. The dogman pictures or renditions I've seen definitely look like the 
the person on two legs with a with a wolf's head or oversized German shepherd's head. But I will say this also. Every time I've I spoke to the many people that I was talking to about Dogman, they always say that a fear of dread overtakes them. Like they're always scared. Mm-hmm. There's something I'm not gonna throw words like devil or demon out anymore, you guys. That's really going too deep. But to fear but dread and a feeling of something's not right and kind of scared or being frightened. And a lot of the stories I get are about are never positive. I'm not gonna be the guy that jumps on the bandwagon and says that Bigfoot is the friendly forest giant, like many people do. Well, good old BMR no, no, that's not part of my, that's, that's not me at all, simply because of what happened to me. I feel I the exact same way about the alien stuff, dude. It, it's like, and I just put into chat to, to answer, uh, well, Rick Davis in chat had said, after my experiences with these craft in my life, I never doubt the stories of others. That's from uh, Rick Davis. And I added a caveat to that and say, when people start talking about they're going into this dark place and, and they know it doesn't feel right, those are the people I listen to the most because those are the ones that are dealing with some type of trauma that is, has attacked their psyche. To me, that is real. That's more real to me than we're galaxy of, of brothers selling peace and let's sit around the bonfire and smoke a peace pipe. And, you know, I, I don't think those people are not credible. I just put more credit onto the ones that had the, ex- these experiences that seem to take them down the darker path and then send them on a way of self-discovery of trying to help other people by putting their story out there and taking that burden on. I think that's huge. And that speaks to the credibility of people that are willing to put their neck out there like that and, and take that on. I mean, you're putting a lot on your shoulders to be out there in the public talking about this. And it's not something that's easy to do. You know, no, it's not. And, you know, again, it was hard for me to tell my story and I got to tell you something. The book that I put out. Okay. I, it was compromised. It was made up of people that, a lot of these people send me emails or or, um, or or subscribers of the channel. Thank you. And Yeah, there you go right there. True Cryptid Encounters Book 1, Bigfoot, Michigan, Rob Presents on Amazon right now. Yep, thank you. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, yeah you're welcome. These are these are all true encounters from people sent to me in anonymity. They did not want to be on the show. Uh, a lot of these people gained a trust with, with me. And, uh, and so, yeah, they let me present them. And I, and I have presented a lot of these, some stories on video format on the channel as well. And I got some, and of course the book's a little bit different, but, but the thing, the element, a lot of these stories, you guys, which I, and again, a lot of these people heard my story. I, I guess, I mean, they had to have. A lot of these elements are people that have had trauma in these stories. A lot, they're not. My story ended up with uh, my girlfriend dying. Some of these people that have reached out to me, a loved one had actually committed suicide. Yeah. Because they could not take it. So a lot of these stories. 
you know that there's people out there that have had these UFO encounters that have done the same thing or have come very close to, to doing it. We've talked to a few people and I'm not naming anybody on this that no, went yep. down this road, man. And it's wh- what do you do? Who do you talk to? There's no professionals out there that are going to talk to you. Like you're not crazy and want to lock you up. You know, it's, you know, I, yeah, I, mean, I, I've got emails to start out, Rob, as I'm typing this, I'm now starting to cry. Yep. I don't want to be on your show because I won't get through the show, but I want, here's my story. I want you to tell it. I get a lot of those. And after I go through them, you guys, I want to cry sometimes. And they're not all end in tragedy. No, but they end in the fact that this person is mentally not well anymore. And they don't have anywhere to go. Yeah. Nobody they feel safe to talk to. No, and that's what it says in the beginning of my book. In the very beginning, that's where I, my first page. That's what it's. In, it's uh, that's how it starts out. For many years, I walked alone. This book's for all the people that walk alone today, and hopefully, this helps you get through your suffering, right? And yep. I and I tell so that's why I did that because I'm not here. You know, like a lot of people saying, I don't want to be, you know, cliche. I mean, if I make money, I make money. Let's, let's, I won't lie to you, but I love doing this. I love doing this. I like helping people, you know, helping to me. That's my, that's my giving back to people. They always say in life, what are you going to give back to society? And for the longest time, I didn't know what to give anybody. I give you a bar. I give you a drink, right? I give you good time. But now today I know what I give to people, a man who's had something traumatic happen. And now I can tell her people's stories through their, through my, through their eyes with me as the, I don't know what you would call me, just a storyteller for them, right? And again, they're not stories. They're they're stories, yes, but they are true stories. Yeah. yeah and, and it helps people. Again, had I kept this bottle in for all my life, you guys, I don't know where. I, I can't say I would be in the loony bin today. If I wasn't told to speak out, put it in, put it on paper, put it in words, talk to, find people. I don't care if you look like a fool. There's someone who's going to Someone's going to listen eventually. Eventually, they did. After a lot of embarrassing moments, right? Literally, that was another thing. You know, oh boy, you know, here we go again. For me, it was six months. For some people, it might be six years or six decades. We don't know. Yeah. And those are the people I feel bad for. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say 2018 was a hell of a year. It sure was. Yeah. I'll tell you what. traveling near New Boston, Michigan? Hungry? Well then, you need to check out New Boston Coney and Grill tucked away at 37005 Huron River Drive. With daily specials, homemade soups and desserts, and a staff that makes you feel like family, you will not be disappointed. Give them a try for dine-in or carry-out at 734-606-5313. You can find their page, including their menu, on Facebook. Bon Appetit! Rob, when you talk about the 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 creature itself and and seeing that face kind of transform and things, and and you like to describe that is almost like demonic. Do you think there was some type of technology or something involved with what you were seeing? Could it have been uh, some type of a, a 
creature that is using a, a technology and it, it was not, you know, that was the way it was using it to scare you or something along those lines. Well, maybe, well, when it did the metamorphosis, um, I'm thinking that it was a defense mechanism of some sort. I think, I'll be honest with you, and I wish I could share the pictures. Maybe I'll, I'll show them to you later. But anyways, the first thing I saw, yes, it was imposing figure. Okay, it was all nine foot tall, but the face, it, it looked more docile, but, but creepy. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't, let me put it to this way. I was out of boat 90 feet away, so I wasn't scared. I was just kind of in awe. But when it did that transformation, that metamorphosis, I was scared. I was all daylights. Now what is this? So I talked to a lot of different people. A, they thought that it, it did that because perhaps I was around where children, its children were around. Maybe I was in its hunting area, its fishing area. Some of that I don't buy because you got to look. I've, I've talked. I don't really. You, those, if that was the case, you would have heard so many more stories about this happening, right? So, but how many people aren't coming forward? But anyways, and even like, you know, you talk about aliens, they, you know, they have that, they have that, that shell, right? When they're going to battle, all of a sudden their, their body turns into this um, tech, technologically advanced suit or something. So, right. yeah, I think part of it, maybe it was to scare me off. Okay. It didn't have to scare me off. I was minding my own business. And so, and what I started doing though, is I started, I, I started investigating or researching into typical mammals. And the one mammal I came across, which was very intriguing, was the baboon. Baboons are ugly as all get out anyways when you see them. And they're very yeah. creepy looking and scary. Now, when they are threatened or if they're ready to attack, they can take their entire body, their face, and metamorphosis into something de demonic looking as well. I mean, they could take that face. That snout protracts out shows all the teeth its eyes get really beady and tight and that skin gets even taut more taut and they look different if you did a side by side they certainly look different right so i'm thinking yeah this may be what this is because i if, what i was thinking demon for the longest time no it probably was a flesh and blood thing that just had this ability to dangerous appearance in defense and not to sound funny, for the longest time, I would sit in front of a mirror. You know how many different faces you can make, you guys, on your, uh, looking into a mirror that don't even look like you? You know how funny you can make yourself look or creepy? That's, I think that's inherent in all of us, right, with all the muscles in our face. And I just think that, yes, that was a defense mechanism. A technology, if you're talking technology, Wayne, you're talking then something that was beamed down from outer space, which again, I don't, I'm not poking fun at that at all because I believe in all that, anyways. I believe there are aliens and spacecraft. You know, I'm not, um, I believe everything exists, everything out there. Cryptids exist, alien spacecraft. I think you can go in time. I think you can metamorph. I think you can. You, so much that our human minds can even do, right? Take us. Yeah. And, and so to me, it's all connected somehow. 
Not that an alien and Bigfoot hang out at the bar in the middle of the galaxy, no. <laughs> but there's something to all of this. There has to be. I mean, look at this thing. This is a baboon right here. Yeah. I mean, baboon attack. This is on National Geographic. I mean, look at that. That These are not some kind of animal you want to see appear. Like, holy yeah. crap. Look at that. Yeah, you know. That's I mean, that, almost, that looks alien looking, don't it? It yeah. certainly does. Yeah, so. So, well, yeah. I know people try to make the, the connection between UFOs and Bigfoot. And with that, the way you describe that metamorphosis of the face, you know, it sounds like it could have been like a, a, a technology thing, but I don't think it, it it was. It's probably just the way it was able to change the shape of its face to to do that yell. Yeah, no, I think it's a great question. First time it was ever posed to me, but again, it's another avenue to explore. And um, again, I think that I think there are things in the forest, so that maybe are technologically advanced, though, right? I think there are. I think there's, there's things that we've made there in the forest from technology, I believe, too. Yeah, you know, we could go on and on and talk about Dogman. <laughs> Michelle was talking about Dogman. Yeah, people, dog man, you know, people like the Bigfoot stories, but boy, do they want to eat up that dog man for whatever reason? And you know, and I don't blame them because it's 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 on the edge. It's kind of spooky. You know, you can get Bigfoot crossing the road or playing peekaboo from behind a tree. You don't get that with dog man. You get man, this thing wants to eat you, or you're scared for your life. You know? Yeah, they seem aggressive. Well, and you go into the the history of Dogman too, as far as where it originated out of the Adawa Indian tribes up around Petoskey. Yeah, you know, oh, and talking about where we live, you guys. Yes, so many, uh, oh, so many legends from from our First Nations people. It's just so much, right? Now, I didn't hear about that the Petoskey one though, Michelle. I gotta that, look at, well, it's the Adawa Indian tribe. So yeah. that's up around Petoskey, Harbor Springs in that area is where, um, from my understanding, where the Dogman stories came from. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, and too, also, and I'm sure that's 100% accurate, I also know that Wexford County, Michigan, which, by the way, I, I threw that in there earlier, Cadillac is in Wexford County. Now, Wexford right. County is pretty vast, and a big county, I should say, and that, I mean, I'm not, this is not me saying it, I've read it many times that it's supposedly is a our state's capital for dogman encounters or sightings is in Wexford. Now, what I saw was not, a, what I saw was no dogman, for sure, but again, they're out there. They're out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Michigan um, dog man. I mean, yeah, I just uh, it these these stories are just amazing, and I don't know, you know, there's there's so much to this, and and one of the things that I like to point out when we talk about this about cryptids and things like that, we think that our our planet is small. Because we have the technology to travel around pretty much anywhere we want to go. 
right? We mm-hmm. we can fly to Nevada in, in three hours, you know, yeah. on an airliner at 30,000 feet up, you know, and, yeah. and be there and having a great time in Las Vegas or Laughlin or wherever, you know, wherever you right. want to go, we can get there. And it makes the world feel, feels very small. But these areas are vast. Most people live in cities. There's a lot of empty space on this planet that we don't come into contact with at all. So I read somewhere Wayne, really quickly, a billion acres of forests are are uncharted. A billion. Exactly. Yeah. You could fit the whole world population into Texas and have plenty of room left over. You know, it's, (laughs) it's not like, just because we can talk to somebody on the other side of the planet or we can fly there. And when I was in the military, it was like in 18 hours, we can be anywhere on this planet and ready to fight kind of a thing. That was the motto 18 and go, you know, and you got to think about how vast, how vast, how huge these areas are. Can there be things living out there that, you know, the, the native American tribes mm-hmm. lived in that forever. We've been living in cities and stuff for thousands of years. We create societies and things like that, but there's the more primitive people that their societies and their cultures grew up around being out there in these in these woods out in this out in these vast deserts okay wood okay we not only the woods cave systems that we have oh oh yeah kentucky alone oh kentucky yes (laughs) well um the uh what what uh native american tribe is it Uh, i want to say navajo the ant people the ant people that live underground that saved the Navajo nation from a catastrophe. It was because of these people. Now, are they just going to make up these kind of stories to, to tell, you know, children? No, you, you don't want to waste the, the gray matter to sit there and make things up around a campfire in ancient times to entertain people. You're trying to teach lessons and pass on oral history because you don't have a writing system or it's hieroglyphic or pictures, you know? So it, 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 I know Michelle's got something she wants to talk about when it comes to uh, other what, types folklore? of cryptids and folklore. Yeah. Because we got, we got, ambushed before the ufo thing ever happened we got ambushed in a parking lot of a kroger by a woman who said something because we were wearing lake tahoe sweatshirts michelle go ahead and tell well you. no i i was yeah. just going to talk about folklore was meant not necessarily not necessarily to entertain it was to guide human behavior it was to explain and guide how you lived your life Mm-hmm. So, you know, based off of, you know, previous stories, but what Wayne was talking about, we happened to, uh, we had gotten back from Tahoe probably mm-hmm. a, a few months prior. And so we were in a Kroger parking lot coming back to the car 
And this elderly lady approached Wayne and I because she had seen that Wayne had a sweatshirt on that said Lake Tahoe. And so she began talking to us and asking how, you know, we knew the area. She had uh, lived in Gardnerville, which is just in between Reno and South Lake Tahoe. And she began talking about the red-haired giants. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that are native to that particular area um, that still existed to this day in the cave systems up around the Cascade and Sierra Nevada mountains um, up in the pines. And there is a museum either in Northern Nevada or in Northern California where allegedly they have like evidence on display of one of the red haired giants. And and not only that, there's been rumors of giant bones and things found that are locked away in the Smithsonian. So yeah, you know, Rob I've heard that. And I've yeah. also heard that a lot of them have disappeared throughout the yes. years. But yeah. Michelle, I've heard that story about where you're the, the Sierras with the red haired and and Wayne, yes, the Smithsonian. That would be a place to go and yeah. visit. Well, have you had people, um, since you deal with cryptids so much, have you had people come to you or send you stories about seeing or knowing about these giants? I know there's the Kandahar giant that supposedly was killed by military personnel during, you know, the, the, the war on terror over in the Middle East and things. I've yet to get any story on giants outside of people sending me stories in about giant Bigfoot that have gone over 12 foot tall. Um, so any giant, I've not gotten any, I got one giant story, but I don't think it was the guy's personal story. It was kind of more about what you guys were just talking about, about the yeah. Kandahar giant and the Smithsonian and how, why are these why is this evidence? Why are these big bones turning up missing all of a sudden? So that was kind of the only thing I've spoken on. I did want to touch on like the folklore too, though, because I'm into that now as well, because I will say this too about folklore and people that are actually folklorists that do this. There's an element of truth all folklore, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a bunch of people back in the 1800s making up stories just for no good damn reason. There was something behind the story. Yeah, they got a bell show over the years, perhaps, but that element, that commonality of there's a fact behind it, I believe to be true. Maybe not 100% of the time, but I tell you what, 90%, you can hang your head on it, I'll bet you. They were meant to explain, and they were meant, the stories were meant to explain how things came into existence and to guide human behavior. Yeah. You know, it, I, that's the, the technical term of it but i also think it was a passing of oral history just hidden you know very occult it was it was hidden knowledge that they were passing on so um yeah i I tell you what i do hang on to a lot those i do get a lot a lot of stories that i do get in are from our first nations people yeah i do i get a handful and and some of them are very open and some of them are very, even though they're talking to me kind of secretive in a way, they, they I can tell that when they tell me something or write something to me, they're very, they don't want to get in trouble. Okay. With, with their elders. And I, I got a story sent in to me uh, by a, a young lady 
she calls herself little a uh, little small fox i think it is of the um of the tribe um i think i want to call it the choctaw i think it is choctaw yeah choctaw and about and she she sent me this beautiful email and she's stating that rob i don't watch your show i like it i i love how you have a lot of uh, first nations indigenous folks stories on your channel as I type this, I don't know that I should hit the send button because if I, I, I live in fear that if my elders found out that I was telling you this, I would, I don't want to explain what trouble I would be in. Almost like being, I don't know that they get disbanded from their tribe like that. I, I have no idea not on the culture, but she really was very secretive and wanted to tell me about how her grandfather would always take her into the woods and and express the spirit spirituality behind Sasquatch, as he calls it, right? And again, when we talk about First Nations people, there's two sides of the coin that I've discovered over the years. They believe Sasquatch is a spiritual entity, not at all flesh and blood. And there's another side that says it's yes, it's flesh and blood, but it's also a spirit. Okay. They live in the spirit world and they live on our plane, two different existences, teleportation and all this. So, but, but this young lady is telling me how the grandfather believes in the spiritual world of Sasquatch and how he wanted to tell her the story to pass it down to her children when she was old enough to have children. Exactly. Yep. So, would always take her to this spot and they would sit down, they, they would bring out a blanket uh, indian blanket or whatever and they would sit there and they would simply chant over fire into the deepest part of the woods off trail and then they did this for three or four years and the young little small fox said grandpa am i supposed to get anything out of this he goes you're getting something right now whether you believe it or not and she's at the age of 16 you will see what i'm talking about because he will present himself to you at the age of 16 who grandpa who Said Sasquatch, should we go out and perform these rituals for the last two and a half, three years? So again, her 16th birthday comes around. And they're sitting around doing their chants, talking, young lady, young squaw or little fox. Then out of the embers, out, out from behind the embers from the tree line, big man, as she's writing this to me, as I'm reading it, of course, a big, massive figure of a human being 10 12 foot tall stood there kind of looked at him spoke to her telecommute telepathically listen and heed what your grandfather says he will always be with you for the rest of your life just listen to his words and pass it on so this young lady explained to me it's such a big wow great great message about a year and a half after her first uh, communication or seeing of this, this this spirit being in the woods with her grandfather grandfather passes away she makes mention she hadn't seen this being again since the one time she went back to that that area where her and her grandfather first saw it, and she was chanting away desperate she was grieving for her grandfather hoping to have this spirit creature of the Bigfoot or the Sasquatch appear but all of a sudden she says in the story that it appeared again, much like before, and again telepathically communicated to her. 
But she says the difference was this. The telepathic communication from the first time was of a voice that she was unfamiliar with. The second time around with grandfather passing, the voice communicated was that of her grandfather. Wow. So when I say that Bigfoot is just flesh and blood, I veer on the path that maybe it's also spiritual or something uh, supernatural. So I am the guy that says it's both, personally. So I thought that was a really cool story, though. And I get a lot of stories like that. They're all not doom and gloom, okay? But they're stories in which I think, you know, if people sit back and listen to these things, you know, they're they're lifelong uh, chapters that we can all learn from. Yeah. Whether you believe or not. Well, before we jump into a, a few more questions, and I know we're going to have you here for about maybe 20 minutes or so, I just want to let everybody know we are on right now with Bigfoot Michigan Rob, the author of True Cryptid Encounters, book one, and you can find that on Amazon. Also, if you're enjoying the show, make sure you're smashing on that like button for us on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. If you want to help out the show, become a member. Uh, Just hit that join button. You can join and be part of the pit crew. And we are very excited. Um, Like, share, subscribe, leave a comment after the show. Uh, If you love this content and uh, if you like to listen to us afterwards on podcast, we are found everywhere. iHeartRadio, Audible, iTunes, Google Podcast, all of those. You can find us there. And, uh, man, we, we love the support and we can get more incredible guests on like Rob to talk about these things. So um, I know you and I and Michelle had a conversation about UFOs and things, and we kind of dipped our toes into the government stuff. And I know um, Michelle had a question that kind of came from one of our brand new supporters um, before the show started that she wanted to ask you. Oh, and it's a friend of mine from high school. She is absolutely obsessed with anything and all things cryptid. Um, in fact, uh, I got a picture sent to me today of her wearing her Bigfoot shirt. Um, yeah. but she has the, the question, you know, we talk about government cover up so much. Yes. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts about the government cover up in regards to cryptids or Bigfoot specifically? I think 100% they happen. Okay. Uh, they happen. I can say it. I, you know, I can, I will never, you'll never hear me say, I know for a fact, but I will say, I know they happen. I, you know, I, in the book too, you got, there's like two or three in the book where I call out certain things. I've got, I, there's one, I got to tell you something about this book. I, I wrote, I got a story from a guy about a government cover up that I put in the book. And I must tell you, and it's also in video format. And I must tell you that man, I've gotten so many people that heard this story that said it goes on all the time as part of Indiana. And in fact, in the book, if you go into the book, well, you guys don't, but I read all the reviews on my book. And one of the ones that comes up all the time is the, is the Indiana state park dogman encounter where people are very receptive to that. It resonates with many people. And I can't believe how many people I'm surprised that the state park has not called me you guys, because that's how much the response is. 
And as far as the cover-up, I, I got to tell this story then because Indiana State Park, okay, um, of course I forgot the name of the park, but, you know, it's in the book and there's a video. It's, it's real popular. It's easy to find. Indiana, it's a state park where you can trail your horses to the park, okay? And it was a husband and wife and their older son going to this park. Um, to ride their horses they brought two horses now prior to all of this everybody the 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 father and son also were into bigfoot and, and cryptids and they kind of investigated it together uh, where they live right and they live in south bend indiana and then they travel southwest to this forest where this where this park is i do remember that so again, again, just letting everyone know they are they know a little bit about cryptids. So they get to the park and they um they take the trailer and they they detach it, they send it maybe 20, 30 yards ahead of the RV. They came up in an RV and his son pulled the tractor trailer with his his big pickup truck or whatever, okay, with the horses, of course. So when they get out, they they get they get ready to saddle up the horses, and they notice a foul stench already. And they've been to this park, everybody, four or five times. So they're, they're, they're very familiar with it. In fact, they're very familiar with the lot that they got where they could park the RV and, and the trailer. But it was unusual. They didn't, it's just unusual. They know that because a lot of horses, um, it's a horse trailer park, really. Yes, they were familiar and expected horse manure, but this mixture was odd. They thought so. Anyways, they go about their day. They're going down the trail, and as they're going down the trail, of course, they see these big pieces of scat. Okay, now of course they're with the mom, the wife, but the husband or the father, the son. They jump off their horse and they're investigating the scat. Very unusual. The mom is like, "Come on, you guys, really? You know?" And I kind of, I guess, I have to agree with her on that, right? But, yeah, they just thought it was unusual. So they're traversing about on horseback. Then it's getting darker. They decide to go back to camp. Now, it is still daylight out. So the as the father and the son, they are taking care of the horses, putting them back up in the, in the stall or the trailer. And the wife comes running out, waving her hands. You guys, come quick, come quick. So the boy and the dad... Run, what's going on? What's going on? Look around the trailer. Look around the trailer. So around this trailer, everybody, were these big oversized canine prints. Okay. Very bigger than a dog. They're they're big. Like I guess if, if I recall the measurements, five, six inches. They're very big. So the husband and the son are like, oh my God, is this a dog man? I mean, and again, they're into this. So they that's just it's exuberant. So the husband goes to call up the administrative. The uh, department to see if they're still open. They wanted somebody out to check this out with them. Of course, no answer, nobody there. So he says, Hey, we'll wait till the morning. I'll get a hold of the department. Okay. So they all decide to pitch a fire before going to bed and just sit around the fire. When in the distance, they hear what appeared to be wolf like howls coming from the tree line. And they're listening, and they said, wow, this is very unusual. In fact, in Indiana, 
if I remember correctly, there's no wolves in Indiana. Okay. But it sounded like wolves. Something that the son and the father never heard of anyways. Okay. They turn in, they go to bed. A couple hours go by, then they hear this ruckus and they hear the horses buckling in the trailer. Okay. And they, they, they run out of the RV, the husband, the father and the son run out of the RV looking at the commotion going on at the trailer and the hinges are literally ripped off of the trailer. Okay. Where the horses are up in and they see this thing creature on two legs, run down out of the jump out of the trailer, turn around and head toward the tree line disappears into the tree line. The son and the husband, excuse me, the son, the son and the dad, they run to the back of the trailer. They get inside, and one of the horses in the, in the rear quarter, left quarter, there was three claw marks, slashed it, and it was bleeding. It was not profuse. It was no arterial. It didn't hit an artery or anything, but it was it was definitely clawed. So the man tries to, again to call somebody, the sheriff, anybody. He wants this. He wants someone there now. And as I had mentioned earlier, four hours prior, no answer, no one came out. He finally gets a hold of somebody. Then all of a sudden, who shows up at this park is uh, administrator for the state park, a sheriff, and some other guy to look like a governmental official. And they're out there, and they're inspecting the trailer. He tells them the whole story, shows them the tracks around the RV, it shows him the horse, the three claw marks, yacht, everything, right? So the son says, dog man, just blurts out dog man. And the, one of the officials looks at this kid. What do you mean, dog man? And so the father says, yeah, well, we, we investigate cryptos, dog man, Bigfoot. And we're thinking this is it. And we saw what we saw. We think it was a dog man out here. Mm. Three officials, they get very quiet and they very discern. They say, listen. Here's what we're going to tell you. Number one, don't say a word about this to anybody. Don't mention the word dog man. Don't tell this story. What we are going to offer you is this. We're going to pay for your animal's uh, treatment. We're going to waive every, all the lot fees, whatever you had to pay. This is this is no charge on us. In return, please do not report this story to anybody. Don't tell your neighbor. Don't tell your best friend. So right then, now they're all thinking, why, what's going on here? So they leave, they go home. In less than 48 hours, everybody, they get a knock on their door. Right? And it's a government agency, and it's also an administrator from the park. They invite them in. Yes, you remember us. You had the experience, and we asked you not to say anything. And as far as we know, you did not. But we have to tell you this. This cannot ever get out. Now the person, the dad, tells me that they're more stern. They're in their home, but they're being stern with this family as if if you say something, harm will come to you. And with this very uncomfortable discussion in his home, where the man and the son want to just kind of throw down with them, beat these, fight these guys, right? Because you don't go in someone's home and tell them and dictate policy, right? Right. Gave a bag, 10000 bucks in cash. Hopefully this will 
you know, ref, help refrain from saying anything. First so thing I thought, bribe them, huh? yeah, yeah, bought their silence. I, yeah, first thing I thought, ten grand, give me a hundred grand, I would say a peep. Ten grand, that's just a teaser. That's what I would have thought, especially right. if they would have been harassing me in my house. Ten grand a month for the next year. Yeah, about there that. you go. I'll take it. Hundred dollar bills, <laughs> not marked. Obviously, yeah. nobody has done that with us because here we are. <laughs> so, you know, I got that story. A lot of people, I, that's one of the stories in the book and even the video where people, I get a whole bunch of people. I'm sorry, I forgot the name of the park. It's in the book or in the video. But a lot of people say, yes, they know that dog men exist. They know they exist there. And I'm like, well, I found something. And I'm just surprised that no one's contacted me. And I don't want to be contacted, trust me, unless you right. want me to redact that from the book for a hundred grand, and I can easily do that for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, funny story that you bring that up. Um, I was stopped by somebody in the local diner, and and those of you that listen uh to the show before or listen to our our audio podcast know the diner that i'm talking about it's it's our local new boston coney and grill diner and this uh i was stopped by somebody in the diner who knew about what we did and was talking to me and they were a, a vietnam veteran who had been retired out of the military an older gentleman and he said that when he's ready, he wants to tell us about a Bigfoot encounter that him and his army platoon, when they were training in Louisiana, ran into. And, and the just of the story is, and I, I want to get the details, so I hope to get them on here or get a recording with him and play it on here, that while they were in Louisiana, they were doing training, and I think they were getting ready to ship out and they were in the woods of Louisiana and came face to face with a Bigfoot. They didn't shoot at it or anything. They ran and they went back to their upper command, their sergeants and stuff like that. And they went to the officers and said, we saw this. What are we supposed to do? Do you want us to go hunt it down or whatever? They said, yeah, we know it's there. Just leave it alone. That wasn't your job for being there. So just ignore it. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, uh, and Lori, who kind of presented that question to us, made me think of that uh, person I ran into telling me that, like, now, me personally, I've been out in the woods a ton, and I've never had any kind of weird running except with other humans out in the woods. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, you know, you, you want to run screaming from those people um, that are living wild out in the woods, but, you know, nothing like that. But, uh, Michelle, was there any other things you wanted to ask Rob in the, in that regards? No, that I, I think I got my questions in. Yeah. I will well, say Rob, though, really cool. I will say, I think I'd be more scared of a, a human approaching me in the woods than a, a, an animal. Yeah. Just the thought of that is, unless you're being friendly at first, but if they're just approaching you, that's kind of, think about That's kind of creepy, I think. Uh, stranger danger. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're we're part of that generation. That yeah, seriously, yeah, I think so. probably. Yep. yep. Well, we are. <laughs> well, Rob, before uh, 
we get out of here because it's almost been an hour and a half already. <laughs> the time just flew yeah, tonight. Yeah. When you have a good show, they fly by, don't they? Yeah. When you have man. a good time talking, I mean, that's what it's, that's what it's all about, right? The, hey, we're we are sitting around the bonfire right now. Just yeah, that's right. I, I'm getting my face is getting a little heated up yeah so besides the book which i want to plug here once again and i'm going to sure. put this up on the screen for everybody to see um and if you're listening go over to amazon and i will put a link to the book it's uh bigfoot michigan rob presents true cryptid encounters book one and you can get that. I imagine that's paperback and also like Kindle and things. Yeah, it's just it's paperback and Kindle. Very priced, really nice. In fact, someone said it's too cheap. I said, well, it was my first go around. I mean, I want to sell it, you know, Yeah. And get the word out. And yes, and uh, thanks for Amazon. Um, if anybody uh, thinks if you put it in your show. Also, my channel is simply called Bigfoot Michigan Rob on YouTube. If you subscribe to the channel, the link for the book is also in there with all my social media as well. The book, Facebook group, Twitter, all that stuff. So, yeah. So, that's another uh, way to, to buy the book. Or type in Bigfoot Mishiram on your Amazon browser. It'll pull up. Yeah. So, and what you guys do. So, yeah. Well, you know, we had a couple before, you know, we take off. We had some questions. I want to put yeah. Jennifer's up oh, here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, she had asked, has anyone ever heard about cryptids in Pawpaw, Michigan or Colma, Michigan? I've never heard of Colma, Michigan. Pawpaw, yes. I've heard I've never heard of heard of Colma or I've heard of Pawpaw, but I've not gotten any. I've never heard of anything. That's not to right. say they're not there, because I gotta tell you something. Wherever there's woods and water, I think there's cryptids. Yeah, and not everybody's watching these shows on YouTube and <laughs> looking into us. Yeah, and not a lot of people report them either. That's another thing. Uh, let's see. Straw Dog is saying Coloma. Oh, Coloma, Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like there was an O missing out of there. Yeah, and by the way, you can find the link to uh, Rob's channel in our show description, everybody. If you want to just click on that, the link there will take you right to his channel and if you're listening to this at a later time you can find that in the show notes as well just right there thank you so uh anything else coming up rob you got any interesting guests coming on any uh conferences speaking events anything coming yeah up well here? yeah i got some things going on um well today is today so next tuesday i have a great show next tuesday night at nine i got doug hijack coming on who is the producer of monster quest so oh, if you nice. like with William Shatner. So he's yep. going to be on on Tuesday. I can't tell you who's going to be on Thursday. Because so I have two live shows, Tuesday night at 9, Thursday afternoon at 1. Um, so that's how I work, uh, yeah, twice a week on my uh, live show. And June 7th and 8th, me, uh, I'll be in Alabama for the uh, Alabama Bigfoot Conference. I'll ah. be speaking there. You know, you guys know Tex. Tex is the mm -hmm. master of ceremonies. Martin Nunnally will be speaking, Martin Groves, the Blondes and Booze, Jason McLean, Greg Ogles, and a couple other researchers and experiences. So, yeah, they'll be uh, um, June 7th and 8th in Alabama, Anniston, Alabama. So that'll be cool. It'll be my third conference, twice in Alabama, once in Texas. So doing that. 
But yeah, I'm on twice a week live, and every Saturday I do put out a new Bigfoot or Dogman encounter on my channel as well. I don't know that we'll get one out this week. I'm still, the holidays, I'm still getting ready to get right back into the, the grind. It just yes. seems like this is a weird week. I mean, the holidays are done now, but it's like when they, New Year, Christmas Day fell out, what was it, Monday? It was a, a Monday. Monday. Yeah. yeah, New Year's Day, so it kind of threw off the whole Next week, the schedule should be back straightened out. You know, you guys probably know what I'm talking about. Oh, absolutely. Well, and next week, they're talking about a winter storm finally coming through. Oh, well, well, yeah. Then I'll, which, which, as teachers, we, we like those days. But at this yeah. time frame, for me as a high school teacher, this is where we get to uh, put together our midterms and get ready to start second semester and stuff. Mm -hmm. So our weeks are kind of shortened and under a lot of pressure to get things done. Yeah. And yeah, we don't want those weeks messed with cause that affects our whole school year at that point. So, but yeah. it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I got to tell you something really brief. I remember maybe it was two years ago. I think it was definitely not last year. I don't think I shoveled, but one, I didn't pull out my snow, uh, my snow machine last year. I yep. shoveled once, but I, I remember, I remember watching Fox two news. That's my, that's what I watched. I like the morning show. We're getting this blast. This, I, this coming, the Arctic is coming from, uh, Canada with Polar the Gulf, vortex with the pole. <laughs> yeah. With the Gulf, pull, you know, pulling it all the, the barometric pressure is just going to soar. Okay, I'm like, and I was like, oh, crap, I don't want four feet of snow. I remember I had to go somewhere that very next morning. I said, well, I'll be, can so I canceled a doctor's appointment. That's what it was. I said, I'm calling ahead. I won't be in. We're getting all this snow. Wake up at 6 o'clock, 7 in the morning, expecting to be snowed in. Not a damn drop of anything. <laughs> yet. The whole Michigan. week, the whole week, nothing. And then the following week, if you guys remember, I mean, this a couple of years ago, no, no, the forecast, beautiful weather. That week later, I wake up to three feet of snow at my back door. Yeah, mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. The best yeah, job in the world. I wish I would have became a meteorologist. Can't get fired for being wrong. Well, in Michigan, you actually start to lose your mind because <laughs> you, you don't know what the hell's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. all right, Rob, I'll tell yep. you what, this has been awesome and we got to have you come back on and talk some more. Uh, but I think yeah. we're going to have to wrap this up for yeah. tonight. So yeah, sounds good to me as well. I had a great time. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. And we will see you later. All right. And all everybody, right. we want to uh, thank Bigfoot Michigan Rob for coming out and joining us tonight. This has been a great show. We want to thank all of you. And remember, everybody, if you got a story you want to tell us, email us right there below. There's our contact information at pitchatpodcast at gmail.com. And let's see what else. Make sure you're smashing that like button. Leave a comment. Super chats are available. Super thanks are available. If you enjoy the show, every little bit of support helps. And keep on sending us those. Uh, somebody I saw and I wrote their name down uh, sent us a possible guest. So 
If you got guest suggestions, send them to us. Yep, I wrote it down, and Jennifer, I will do some digging yeah. on Paloma and Papa for you as well. Yeah, so... So, thank you to everyone who came out tonight and hung out in chat. Absolutely. So, everybody, once... Oh, one last announcement. I gotta show you guys this before everybody takes off. Next Sunday, the 14th. We got him coming back on. Guy Merrick. Our we haven't seen Guy in a while, so Guy's coming back to join us on Sunday. Guy has been talking to people that contact him because of our show and what he's been through. And I'm going to tell you guys, he's got some amazing stories and things to tell us. Yeah, different words for it, though. Yeah, so... We don't we don't wanna repeat what he had to say. We'll save that for next week. So alright everybody. Thank you for joining us. We truly appreciate it. You guys make us uh, very happy when you join us and make this worthwhile for us. So with that being said, Michelle. Have a great night everyone. Have a great night everybody. And remember, those eyes to the sky. Or if it's a cryptid thing, hey to the woods. Your eyes open and peeled all around you. Just don't be too paranoid. All right. Later, everybody. <laughs>